Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. My name is Shazzy Hunt and it's Ask an Expert Tuesday, which means it's that time of the week when I quiz an expert on an intriguing beauty topic. And if your social media feed is anything like mine lately, it's probably full of fabulous pictures of friends and loved ones travelling. They're hopping on planes, they're taking road trips, and frankly, after two years of not really being allowed to travel, I am totally here for it and living vicariously through everyone's vacay albums. But I know from my own interstate adventures recently that the travel hiatus made me completely lose touch with the art of packing and especially what skincare items should be in your luggage. So that's why today I've invited dermatologist Ryan DeCruz from Melbourne Southern Dermatology to talk us through our travel skincare essentials. Ryan, welcome back to You Beauty. Thanks so much for having me. So tell me a bit about how your skin's needs could potentially change from everyday life compared to when you're traveling or just on holidays relaxing. It's a really good question and one that's close to my heart, having just got back from four weeks in Europe. Very lucky, very, very lucky. (laughs) But the reality is, is that our skin is very reactive to environmental changes, particularly with regards to temperature and humidity. They'll be the two things that really make our skin freak out. And we all know that when we jump on a plane in particular, our skin gets very dry. And then depending on where we're actually heading, we're going to have to adopt our skincare accordingly. If you think about a simple but comprehensive travel skincare routine, what should it ideally consist of? You know, that baggage space can be very tight. A really nice basic cleanser, I think, is a really good idea. Something that will not dry the skin out too much. So I like those that are either cream-based cleansers or oil-based cleansers. They'll be my two, I guess, preferred recommendations. And those that can help rehydrate the skin, ideally. So I always talk about ceramides being an important component of the skin barrier. And if you do have a cleanser that has ceramides in it, that's fantastic. If not, just making sure that you've got one that really respects the pH of the skin and doesn't overly strip the skin and a very nice hydrating moisturizer so again there are quite a number of these around but I love those that are high in shea butter if you've got one that's got a bit of niacinamide you're going to have a little bit of anti-inflammatory effect as well but you definitely don't want ones that are too light or too runny because they're simply just not going to hydrate the skin enough when you're exposed to that constant dry air of the airplane. So you're seriously saying two products is what it could be whittled down to? Absolutely. I think that there's a real error in thinking that you need to do a whole lot to your skin for that travel period. I think if you've got the good fortune of being able to carry with you a small hyaluronic acid serum, that will help, again, just rehydrate the skin. But it's not essential if you've got a really good moisturizer. So tell me a bit about what can potentially happen 
in the plane environment to your skin because it's very dry. We all know that. Absolutely. So the risk of skin dehydration is very high, particularly because we're chronically dehydrated ourselves, our bodies are. We definitely don't drink as much fluid as we need to whilst we're on the plane. And that can lead to the skin being dry, flaky, dull, irritated and itchy. And certainly if people start to scratch or sort of, you know, play with their skin a little bit, you're going to introduce more bacteria to the skin. Whether some people break out because of the constant touching and transfer of bacteria is possible but uh, the majority of people will just find that they develop sort of facial eczema facial psoriasis and the symptom of itch they're probably the most common problems you know that morning before you leave to get to the airport or in the um, airport before you hop on board the plane is there anything you can do to kind of prepare go into battle (laughs) if you're lucky enough to have access to an airport lounge maybe whack on one of those hydrating face masks a lot of patients really love them I know my own wife thinks that they really do help again it's all temporary otherwise having a just a, a small hyaluronic acid serum will give you that temporary plumping effect and give you that nice sort of dose of hydration does transporting your products on planes going to interfere with the product at all in terms of the formulation or will it still be effective? And then even when you're siphoning them into, say, smaller jars, does this affect them in any way? Because it's all well and good to pack these things, but if you're doing some damage to them by carrying them with you in your luggage, then maybe it's not worthwhile. Absolutely. So there are certain ingredients that will be very what we call photosensitive or photolabile. So vitamin C is the best example of this, right? Vitamin C can easily be oxidized with exposure to the environment, but also certain wavelengths of ultraviolet radiation or white light. So that's why you'll find that certain vitamin C products will come in dark bottles that are brown or even sort of a dark gray. And that's actually very deliberately to prevent them from being oxidized. So if you've got a vitamin C that you are siphoning off, I'd be very wary of that because you're simply going to lose a lot of the efficacy of the drug. And certainly if you're going to be going out and about to very hot climates with these skincare products, you might actually find that the active ingredient is much less potent by the time you arrive. But I'd be trying to take it with you in your carry-on rather than putting it in the checked-in luggage because certainly temperatures can drop quite substantially. And if you've got a product that's going to get too cold or they'd fluctuate, you might actually find that the consistency is slightly different when you arrive at the other end. Is a holiday a good time to have a vacay from your regular skincare routine as well? Is there any merit in that? Do you know what? I think that if you're someone who has struggled with your skin, you've had problems with breakouts, you've been having problems with facial eczema or dermatitis or psoriasis, then absolutely it might be a good time to actually reevaluate what you're doing. The biggest, I guess, risk, however, is that you go to an environment and especially another country that has different water types to Australia, say very hard water or, you know, those that actually can flare up. Uh, certain skin conditions. So you do need to be a little bit careful about throwing, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. And on hard and soft water, what is it and how does it actually interact and affect our skin? So sort of the hardness or softness of water refers to have the mineral content. So how many metal ions are actually in the water, whether it's like magnesium, salt, all the other different zinc, even copper, etc. In Melbourne, we tend to have somewhat softer water than we do in other parts of Australia. So it does differ from state to state. That's the first thing to say. But uh, certainly in places like the United Kingdom and certain places in Europe, the water can be very hard. So it actually depends and it's quite variable depending on your skin type, which water is better for you. 
let's talk about climate change. So I imagine, you know, you've hopped on a plane after months in this current cold, dreary Australian winter, and then you arrive at a very tropical, humid location like Bali, or maybe you're lucky enough to catch that last of the Euro summer. How is this sudden climate change going to play out on your face? Yeah, so generally the movement to a humid climate is going to be better for your skin because, as you said, Melbourne is really dry and we know that conditions like eczema and psoriasis always flare in the winter months. But you flip that around and go somewhere where you're not actually dehydrating your skin as much, you're not evaporating as much water from your skin, and you'll actually find that you know the skin might now need a lighter moisturiser rather than a thicker one. And so the reduction in trans-epidermal water loss or dehydration or evaporation, it actually is really nice. So that's where you need to adopt your skincare accordingly and have a lightweight moisturiser and a light sunscreen, of course, if you're going to be outdoors. And what about if you're going to a hot, dry location like in the Middle East, like in Dubai? What's going to happen then with your skin and where do the skin care changes need to be made? So then you're going to determine how much you're going to sweat. So if you're going to a really dry, arid climate and it's hot, you're going to be sweating a whole lot. So that may temporarily hydrate your skin during the day, but you'll find that sort of when you wash that sweat off, often in the evenings, you're going to find that it is quite dry. So I quite like a midway, so not the thickest moisture moisturizer, not the lightest one, but one that's a little bit in the middle that you'd have put on of an evening to rehydrate overnight. So certainly people who have very active uh, skin conditions may need to use a thicker moisturizer to trap a little bit of the hydration in at night so that they don't actually sweat it all off during the day. Travel can also involve you having to do your skincare routine in unusual places like the airport bathroom, or maybe if you're, say, if you're camping, you might be doing it in an outdoor setting, or you might be in a hostel shared bathroom situation. What's your advice for making your skincare routine still work even when you're in an an unusual space, maybe not your ideal pampering space? I think it's about actually keeping it simple. So not necessarily aiming to take over eight to 10 different products wherever you're going, because it's simply not going to be practical. And the truth is that a lot of these extra products that are recommended by skincare companies, they're not essential. They're really, you know, optional extras, so to speak. So I would be saying, rather than trying to transplant your life or whatever city that you live in, overseas, actually pick and choose the three or four, you know, hero products. So we know that your sunscreens, we already mentioned, basic cleanser, basic moisturizer. In terms of, say, anti-aging, you don't necessarily need to take both your retinol or vitamin A, as well as your alpha hydroxy acid or beta hydroxy acid. Perhaps just choose one of them and say, look, you know, for the two, three, four weeks that I'm traveling, I might just put on a VHA or AHA twice a week. It comes in one small bottle that's under 100 mil. I can, you know, easily transport it across different countries. And actually, just strip it back. I don't think it's important to then try to do absolutely everything, especially if you're in these weird or wonderful locations. Ryan, thank you for helping us to master packing the perfect holiday skincare travel kit. No problems and happy traveling everyone who does have the opportunity to get away. Toddlers can be moody, unpredictable, fussy, all the things. Trust me, I live with this every single day and they definitely do not come with a manual. That's why Mamma Mia is bringing you the Toddler Handbook, four episodes on dealing with the highs and lows of having a little human. This week, host Tegan Natoli speaks to an expert on sleep. So toddlers need really clear and consistent boundaries for bedtime. Otherwise, you end up in this sort of 
to and fro battle of I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And really being able to have a very clear structure in place for bedtime really helps. Even things like visual charts of saying, here's a little picture chart of all the things that we do at bedtime so we can Mm. walk through step by step and it really takes a lot of the guesswork out of it for them. Find it in the This Glorious Mess feed now. Also, big thanks to anyone listening who has become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. So for more information, head to www.mamamia.com.au forward slash subscribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Shazzy Hunt. My producer is Michaela Floriano. And don't forget, a brand new shiny episode of You Beauty drops every single weekday. Speak to you next time.